All right, don't be afraid to be loud. There's no rooms um, that I know of that are uh, doing speech rounds. All right, ready? And one, two, three, four. Ooh, ooh. I know, I know. We don't want to be the one. Lice and loud, everyone. It's the team effort, yeah? And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hi, and welcome back to We Talk to Walls. Right now, you are hearing and the modern brain speech competitors warming up before day two of the Peninsula Invitational Tournament. Last episode, we visited day one of this tournament where we met Eric and William. Did they make it past the elimination into day two? You'll have to stick around to find out. From Modern Brain and Newton's Dark Room, this is We Talk to Walls. First things first, we're checking in with head of Modern Brain, John Llewellyn, on how things are going on the speech side of things. Yeah, no, today's a speech day, so um, it's a different vibe. Uh, I think I feel like it's a little more fun, a little more friendly than debate is. Debate's pretty adversarial. Debate is directly confrontational. Two teams step into a room and they put their ideas against each other, reacting and building on what the other team is saying. Speech, on the other hand, is more individual. You're not adapting anything to what the other competitors are doing. Generally, this means that debate relationships are built on competition and rivalry, kind of like your weekly board game night. But speech? Uh, Speech is more like a party. And just like any party, here we have wallflowers. Except these people are doing something pretty purposeful with their time at the wall. One of the things that you're going to see is you're going to see people up against walls uh, yelling at the walls because they're running through their speeches. Uh, Or they'll just be out in the middle of a quad somewhere, uh, pointed in some random direction, uh, speaking to the air. Uh, And, you know, they do that to get ready. So the normal things that you're going to see is uh, people in a circle doing warm-ups. You're going to see people speaking to walls or just wandering around sort of aimlessly speaking to the air. And that's that's a very normal thing to see at a... uh, you know, a speech tournament when they're when they're doing warm-ups. Yeah, so basically, um, the way, like, us, we practice, we basically, if we don't have an audience, we just talk to a wall, and we kind of just practice our speech, and a lot of times, if you're just walking by, it just looks like we're talking to a wall. This is Anna, one of the competitors here today. I'm 14 years old, I'm in 8th grade, and I'll be competing in program oral interpretation. Now, I'm throwing you straight into the deep end with talk about a program oral interpretation, but basically the speech part of speech and debate contains various different formats. Some of them are you writing an informative piece about a real-world subject. Others are you performing a fictional piece that ties to a larger scene. Or, in the case of a program oral interpretation, mixing it all together. So basically, we take pieces from like articles, dramas, and like kind of just literature from everywhere, and we piece them together around a similar theme so that we not only tell our audience like our argument, but we show them the argument. So while events like debate might rely on dry statistics and pure logic, interpretive events seek to highlight the emotional aspects of these issues, the pathos appeal. What's your program about? It's about codependency, where um, one person in a relationship, one person sacrifices their well-being for the sake of the other. And my piece is an argumentation on how that should be more recognized. See, I love that, because art is an argumentation. It has a point it is trying to communicate. Star Wars is an argument for anti-imperialism. 
Shrek is an argument for self-acceptance. Here, they might take some of those fictional pieces, likely ones more sophisticated than the examples I just gave, and they'll refine it and focus in on that argument, that thesis, to deliver compelling performances. But the scripting is just part of it. You have to act it out too in a physical space, and to walk us through that is the person you heard leading warm-ups at the top of the episode, modern brain coach Trigg. For the interpretation side of things, the acting side of things, there's all these nuances that are going to be really important, like blocking, which is something I think you know a lot of theater people would understand, your movements. right? In speech and debate, you don't have props most of the time, so you're using these invisible props. But you have to try to make it so that you're building an environment that your that your audience is, you know, with you in. I've I've been in rooms where students or people have performed and I literally feel like I'm with them in this space. It's amazing what you can do with your words and your body. It's insane. While all the students ran off to compete in the first round, I stuck around to talk to some of the people who weren't competing in the tournament. Those who came to support someone people like Michael. Uh, so my name is Michael and I'm nine years old. Michael has never been to a speech and debate competition before, but he's here to support his sister. The reason why I'm today is like, I know my sister has a speech competition, so I decided want to see like what the competition looks like and how he's gonna start. Though Michael hasn't been to a competition before, he has been taking classes with Modern Brain. I've actually did a lot because I've been at Modern Brain for two years, so I uh, performed lots of speeches. And that means he's got some pretty good advice for how to memorize a speech. You have to memorize like things to actually do a speech because you can't just somehow just say it and then you need to memorize the things, like, like stuff like opinions and stuff. How do you memorize things? Well, it, you can write about it for, like, let's say you write, and you write again and again. Like, write, like, two days, or, like, two days, and, like, one, one right paragraph. And after you get in the habit, you'll memorize it. Or you can just um, cover your eyes and try to memorize it. That's what I did, covering my eyes. So remember... If you ever have to memorize something, just write it down over and over, cover your eyes, and memorize. Now, I bet you're wondering about Eric and William, and all the other public forum competitors that we talked about last episode. Remember, while speech is only on day one, debate takes place over two days. The first day was elimination rounds, so only the top competitors get to make it to the second day of out rounds. Did any of the modern brain kids break into this second day of the tournament? Coach Scott is here with the updates. Uh, right now, uh, the students at this tournament that broke, uh, Karis and Isabella, uh, Eric and William. They did it. Congrats to all. While I didn't get a chance to talk to Karis and Isabella on the second day, I did get to chat with them at the start of day one. Whenever I'm like in my debate mind, in my debate focus, right, even like at school during class at home, right, my mind just moves faster typically. And I've heard that like it just really kind of boosts my energy, boosts my mind. And it's really fun, most of all. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty fun to just like, you know, like argue and then discuss like current events while still learning. You know, I feel like it's it's a pretty good benefit of public forums that I've gotten a lot better at like public speaking and even you know, my other extracurriculars, like 
um, volunteering or even in academic classes like English where I give presentations or just participating in class in general, I've gotten a lot more confident and I feel like public forum has really helped me with that. Back on day two, I asked Scott to help me find some of these competitors, and that's when I got some exciting news about Eric and William. Yes, I think they just finished uh, break round one, and I think that Eric and William were on a bye round. Uh, They did well enough in the previous uh, six rounds that they get to, or five rounds at this tournament, uh, that they get to just skip a round and go right to the next out round. Um, But that's really cool. While I waited for everyone to finish their round, Scott filled me in on Eric's journey to find the perfect partner. Last year, we said he partnered with almost everybody on the team uh, because every single time he would be partnered with someone who was meant to be his permanent go-to partner, they weren't able to go to the next tournament. Uh, So he would partner with somebody else and with somebody else. And yet, despite that, at almost every single tournament, he broke. He still made it to the final rounds. But this year, he's really gotten to partner with someone that he enjoys working with. He and William are friends from the same school. Eric's really a great example of someone who's had not an easy time the first few years in debate. Um, But that's one of the great things uh, that I see from him. Like, consistency is king. (laughs) And sometimes the students who are brilliant... um, don't actually have the best opportunities Uh, and you in debate get an opportunity to sort of stretch your comfort zones and stretch those opportunities. Speaking of debate partners, I got to talk to one of the high school competitors, Kevin, whose debate partner is his brother. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think we understand each other really well and we're able to kind of communicate without even having to say anything. We do get into arguments sometimes since we know each other so well, so we're more prone to, I don't know, voice our own opinions and be bold about that. But overall, it's a great experience. We get to work together, prepare together at home, and I really enjoy the process. At this point, it was time for lunch, so I joined Kevin to go visit the farmer's market that sets up in the school's parking lot. I really like the pita bread and the dip, and there's so many different kinds of dip and they all taste really good, so that's my favorite. I also like the tacos a lot. Coming back, I met another genre of competitors, those in limited prep. In limited prep, you write your speech and perform it right there in the round. You don't know what you're going to be talking about until you get there. One limited prep event is impromptu. I really like impromptu because like, you just make up the speech, I guess. This is Annie. She's in the sixth grade, and she's going to explain what impromptu is. It's practically, you you do this, they give, the judge gives you a topic, and then you, you have two minutes to prep for the speech, and then you give it, and you give a five-minute speech. So you only have two minutes to write a five-minute speech that you perform immediately afterwards. The topics can be anything, a random word, song lyrics, or a quotation that you have to give meaning. For example, this is what Annie discussed in her last round. My quotation was, keep on growing, kid, don't let me stop you. Um, I kind of talked about how I had to grow up like I, relatively faster than other kids because I moved, to Ch- I moved to the United States when I was like around five years old and I didn't know any English, so I had to learn English and I had to like kind of like be there to translate for my parents and help out my brother with his schoolwork and things. And I talked about how change is good for 
people and how even though I didn't really like change when I first moved here, but now, I mean, I love it here and it's great. She wrote a whole speech on that in just two minutes. Even though it might sound hard, Annie recommends impromptu to those starting speech and debate. I think it's a good way to like start off because like I do say it's like easier, I guess, because there's limited prep and then like you just do it there. And as long as you get like how the structure goes, I think you could like try that first. I have to admit, I agree with Annie. I started doing speech and debate in college, which is a bit of a different scene. But my first event was impromptu. It was my bread and butter. I went to state championships, national championships, and now, years later, I'm still talking about speech and debate. So, if you're interested, I recommend impromptu, too. Now, I think it's time for what we've all been waiting for. It's time to finally check in with Eric and William. How are they feeling after their quarterfinal round? Uh, I thought it went great. I mean, worst comes to worst, one extra trophy, right? Um... I mean, overall, I guess, like, ultimately at the end of the day, it's the education. But also, like, um, our opponents in the quarterfinals were extremely chill. Like, you know, and then we talked to them before and after and even during the round, like, extremely amicably. Um, And I think that just really goes to just show that, like, debate is not like an aggressive sport or whatever. It's like, it's like for the promotion of further, like, education and understanding in society. Yeah, it was a very good round. Definitely learned a lot. We were just going full beast mode and they were too. So it sounds like they had a lot of fun in their round. Now, when I found them, they were watching football because they love football and they're going to catch every second that they can between rounds. After all, this was recorded during the playoffs. They're, they're pretty outspoken, though, about also uh, football for Eric and William. If you give them football, they will go absolutely ballistic. So naturally, the topic quickly changed to football. All right. So Mr. Eric is a Bills fan, even though he has never been to Buffalo or New York. I have been to New York, actually, and I have actually seen the Bills uh, stadium. Yeah, I've always been a Bills fan, mainly because of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. I asked Eric if he would rather win this tournament or see the Bills qualify for the Super Bowl. The Bills qualify for Super Bowl. Nah, bro. Unfortunately, the Bills did not qualify. But Eric and William, they came in fifth place out of 23 teams. And remember, they were competing against high schoolers as middle schoolers. Eric, William, Karis, Isabella, and all the other competitors did a great job. And hey, there are always more tournaments to come. Next episode, we'll be going to our first elementary school tournament to see what it's like for the youngest competitors. We're doing that right here on We Talk to Walls. Do your kids want to try speech and debate? Modern Brain offers both in-person and online classes for all ages and experience levels. To learn more about how to get involved, visit modernbrain.com. We Talk to Walls is a production of Newton's Dark Room. It was written, recorded, and produced by yours truly, Talon Stradley. The artwork is by my wonderful wife, Rain Stradley. The music for this episode was provided by musicvine.com. Special thanks to John Llewellyn and Modern Brain for making this podcast possible. If you like this show, you might enjoy my other recent release, The Song Is Never Done, a part memoir, part musical analysis that explores who we were, who we are, and what we want to leave behind. For that and more, visit newtonsdarkroom.com. 